Hi, I'm Emily Salaby, founder of Juno Jones, the stylish safety boot company, and your host on the Hazard Girls podcast here on Jacket Media. I'm so honored to host this show where I get to chat with Hazard Girls about their careers. Hazard Girls is an online community for women working in traditionally male-dominated fields. On our show, you'll get to hear from these amazing women about the path that led them to their current careers, challenges they've overcome, advice for other women in entering these industries, and more. Christina Mahler is a marketing-minded small business strategist who has found her passion in heavy equipment, dirt moving, and growing the construction workforce. In her early career, Christina spent time in fine jewelry, event management, and association leadership until recently starting Steel Toe Consulting. Steel Toe is equal parts business consulting and marketing agency with an eye toward shaking things up in construction and related industries. She's also the founder of the Construction Workforce Development Nonprofit, which has been dominating social media lately called Crew Collaborative. And as an aside, Christina has been pursuing welding as a passion project. So Christina, welcome. Hello, thank you for having me. It's great to actually get together and be able to chat about these issues. They're so important to me, and I know they're so important to a lot of our listeners. So this should be interesting. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your background? Where did you grow up? I grew up in Eden Prairie, Minnesota. I was there up until high school. And then after high school, I went to Iowa State and got a degree in journalism. And I always like to say, because when I was at Iowa State, I bartended the whole time. And I always say I got most of my education behind the bar having conversations. (laughs) Yes, you can learn a lot that way, I think. Uh, Well, I went to University of Minnesota. I think I told you that. So go Gophers. And it's great to talk to someone else from there. I haven't been back there in a very long time. Is it pretty cold? I mean, it depends on your perception of cold, I suppose, but it's about 30 degrees today and we have about a foot of snow on the ground. Uh, And that's warm. That's like a warm day, right? Yeah, this is a beautiful, um, clear sky day. If my kids were home right now, they'd be outside all day. Yeah, I remember Minnesota was like 30 degrees was like, wear your light spring jacket, you're good. (laughs) Because you get so used to it. Well, um, so you studied journalism and then did you start out working in journalism? No. So as I mentioned, I bartended all through college and I worked at the local like music bar. And so out of college, the owner of that bar actually hired me to start a concert series with him. So I moved to Des Moines out of out of college and started the Alive Concert Series, which is actually by all accounts still going on, I guess probably not during COVID, but going on 20 years later, which is pretty cool. And after that, I went and worked for the Des Moines Arts Festival as the event manager as well. So mainly was in events right out of college. Started out in sort of the liberal arts arena. Mm -hmm. And now you're heavy into the construction industry. So how did that transition take place? After I got done doing the event thing, I decided to move home. I actually decided to take a job at my best friend's dad's jewelry store that had been in business for quite a long time. And the cool thing about working there is is, uh, he didn't really have any sort of structure. He was a small business and he had been doing things his way for so long. But coming in with a fresh perspective, I was able to add some, I guess you would say procedures and processes to the company that were unique to a younger generation, including uh, marketing, which we had not done before. And he had never really thought about 
going onto Facebook or doing anything like that. So with a little bit of extra effort, we created a new following and created some new revenue streams and tripled our revenue in that first year, which was fantastic. I thought jewelry was going to be my forever thing because I was feeling really successful at it. And I, I enjoyed the artistic side of it. But while I was working there, I met my husband, my now husband, James. And James is a tile guy. Um, he's your typical, like, out of, out of high school, he started setting tile. He eventually started his own company. And when I met him, he had been running his business for a couple years. And as I got to know James better, I got to know kind of like his world of construction better and just realized (laughs) that I liked his people way more than I liked my people at the time, you know, going to jewelry shows and buying diamonds and all that. It just wasn't as appealing to me as going to his job sites, being in a house under construction, taking photos of the work that they were doing. And so I started really thinking about like, okay, I think it's time to switch up my direction and maybe take a leap into construction, which sounds insane, but. (laughs) Well, you found your people. I mean, you liked, you liked jewelry. You thought it was going to be your career forever, but Mm -hmm. then you found people that you really related to and understood Mm -hmm. more in the construction industry. That makes total sense. Yeah. So I, I decided to really, you know, you know, take a big leap. And I applied for a job as the director of membership at our local home builders association. They had seen what I had done with growing the business at diamonds direct. And so they said to me, you know, if you can do that with our membership program, then we're all on board and we want you here. So I took that job and started to look at the way that they were approaching potential members. And It was kind of a no-brainer when you think about marketing in general and appealing to your audience. Uh, They were approaching their potential members in suits and bringing them like coffees from Starbucks and stuff like that and and showing up at job sites, you know, in their fancy shoes. And I'm like, well, I I wouldn't buy a membership from you either. So we started to change the way that we approached our potential members and listening more to their personal stories, what they were struggling with, and not really pushing a membership on them, but sort of trying to figure out how we could better support them. And that first year we grew membership by just under 8%, which was the first time they had seen growth in 15 years. And and that's all just because of the way that we were speaking to people and and changing the tone and how we wanted people to hear us and, and letting them know that we were there for them as opposed to trying to get their money. Seems like a no brainer, doesn't it? <laughs> but it's amazing how it's not intuitive, I guess, to a lot of companies, maybe some old school companies and how you can really step in with a new perspective and, and make big changes. In your area of the construction industry, you had mentioned to me that you're about 50-50 between going to the office, working in the office, going to the job site. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, the gender differences as far as, I know that in construction, generally women are considered non-traditional and that they're in the minority. So I don't know how it is in your job, but it's somewhere around 10%. Is that right? Seven. Yeah, I would say 7%, but yeah. As I got to know the residential industry more and more, I I loved the job site perspective of it. And I loved the people that I was networking with and and the subcontractors and the people that were out there, you know, doing the, the dirty work. I found myself 
not very enchanted by the people in the office. I mean, the people were great, but the work we were doing in the office was not as enticing to me. And I would go to networking events for women and I would always be surrounded by what I would consider really feminine, really dressed up, you know, in their nice heels and all whatever. And I was always in kind of my knee high boots, maybe if I was feeling fancy, but generally I was in sneakers and workout clothes and, or like wearing something that I had had on for the job sites or to have my steel toes on and a baseball hat. And so I just never quite felt like I fit in. And that was even when I was technically working in an office. And so I just always was dressing for the job I wanted, I guess, (laughs) just doing it in a different way. So I left the Builders Association. I I took a couple of jobs working for residential builders. And at the end of last year, I I kind of found myself in a place where I was no longer working for the the residential builder that I've been working with. And I'd had a really horrible experience there. And I just needed to redefine who I was and what I wanted to be and where my passions really were leading me. And that's kind of how I've lived most of my career choices. But I knew at that point that I was feeling very strongly that I wanted to be working around heavy equipment and that I wanted to be working in the dirt world as as we kind of refer to it. And I just started to put that out there and just make a decision that I was going to go to Con Expo no matter what, whether I paid my way or I went with a job. And I was going to start writing on LinkedIn about things that I felt were really important and that made me feel good. So I did that and I started moving forward towards that goal in my mind and just started to envision it. Middle of December, I got an email after I've been writing kind of what I would consider aggressively passionate posts on LinkedIn. I got this message from Aaron Witt, who runs BuildWit, and he basically said, you know, who are you and what are you all about? And to people working in the dirt moving industry, Aaron Witt is a big deal. He's running a marketing company called BuildWit that probably has like, I would say a total of 2.5 million followers across all of his platforms. And that's really just me making up a number, but kind of a big deal. And so I was like, well, I'm like the 38-year-old mom version of you, I guess. I'm really into this industry. I'm kind of envisioning that this is where I'm going. I just got to figure out where. And he said, well, I'm, I'm working on a job description and I feel like you might be a good fit for it. And so that began my journey into civil construction. And I just kind of took this leap with BuildWit and worked with them for seven months. And in the process of doing that, I got to go to Con Expo, which was a kind of the thing I put on my vision board of, of what I'm going to do this year. And it really fulfilled a lot of dreams for me because it felt like I was exactly where I was supposed to be. And that's been kind of the theme for 2020 for me, even though it was a crazy year, I just kind of felt like I was always exactly where I was supposed to be, even when I was quarantining. So that was a fun experience to work for BuildWit and I got to see some really amazing stuff and the team he's assembling over there is is fantastic. It's a world-class group. But while I was there, I realized that my passion lies in smaller businesses 
BuildWit is really focused on those 25 to 50 million plus revenue companies. And my heart was really being pulled towards those smaller kind of like 2.5 million and up businesses that were really struggling to grow and trying to figure out how to be them best, their best selves. So it, it became clear that we needed to kind of go separate ways. And, and that was when Steel Toe Consulting was born. Okay, so let's back up. You worked with BuildWit, you said for about seven months, and then you decided to maybe move into smaller business operations? Yeah, so while I was there, um, we kind of went back and forth about an initiative for smaller businesses, but it just wasn't a a great fit for the BuildWit plan. And so it kind of just became my thing. Like it just, it felt like where my heart needed to be having that more direct communication with a business owner and helping them strategize getting out of their own way and getting uncomfortable so that they can grow. And that really became my mantra for business owners as we started out. And, you know, I just kind of left BuildWit June 10th, I incorporated Steel Toe on June 12th, and I signed my first client that Monday, I think it was June 15th. And so it all happened extremely fast. And I'm very fortunate that people heard the message I was putting out there and said, okay, that makes sense. I guess we'll throw some money her way and see what she can do. All right. Well, you mentioned that your mantra is you have to get comfortable with change. And this is what you're teaching small businesses. Can you talk about what that means to you and how that can help small businesses? Yeah. So since my days working at the at the bar and, and then working at the jewelry store and then just always kind of working with these subcontractors while, while I was working with the Builders Association, I, I kept seeing this reoccurring theme of small business owners who were kind of waking up every day and going full bore from day one, from the day they started the business until, you know, they were now growing, growing beyond their capabilities and never really took the time to take a step back and actually do the work for their business to grow and to set up the right procedures and processes and put the right people in the right spots and really organize their business. And so that's kind of where I started to build my business from is this mindset of like, are you that person who wakes up every single day, works your ass off. And then at the end of the day, you feel like you haven't done enough. You feel like your family doesn't get enough time with you. You know, maybe you've even gone through a divorce or maybe your, your weight is out of control. Like you're just miserable but you feel like you're working so, so hard. And it's like, if that's you and you feel like you have a full pipeline and all this work that needs to be done, then there's probably something wrong with the way that your business is structured. You know, can we come in and maybe take a look at how we can fix all these things? And, you know, while we're in the process, let's do some one-on-one coaching to figure out how you can be a better parent or spouse or whatever needs to be improved in your personal life these projects going on. One of them is the new organization Crew Collaborative. Can you tell us what Crew Collaborative is and why you decided to start that? So Crew Collaborative is a nonprofit, which we actually just officially incorporated a few weeks ago, but it technically, or I guess untechnically started back in July. And Crew is a very organically formed organization. Missy Sherburn and myself have been friends for a very long time. And, 
she owns a dumpster company and also an excavating company with her husband. And we would go to all these women in construction events and um, networking and just all these kind of like pro women groups within construction. And we would look around the room and realize like, Hey, we're the only, it's only women in here, you know, but we're talking about an industry that's like 93% male. So how are we ever going to change the dynamic of our industry if it's just women talking to women about how great women are? And it's just women talking to women about, hey, we need to get more women on the job sites. So it started to have this kind of like inkling and an idea where it's like, if we're going to have an actual workforce development program and we're actually going to be pro-women in construction, the way to do that is to make it less about women in construction and more about just how do we grow the workforce? The easy answer there is you grow the workforce by appealing to the other 50% of the population. And so that's how crew kind of came to be in the first place is this sort of little idea we had. So the actual core group of crew was formed on a chat group on Instagram when we were all get, getting ready to go out to Con Expo. And I pulled together a group of about 18 girls that I was like, wow, these seem like really awesome women. And I think they're all going to be at Con Expo. And I'd really like to sit down and like have a vodka drink or 10 with them and see how that conversation goes. And through that chat group starting, it just has snowballed into this fantastic peer mentorship group. One of the girls, Wendy, said, hey, you know, I'm going to be in Minnesota one weekend. And wouldn't it be cool if everybody just came out, even though it's a pandemic right now, and we all just had a weekend together. And we all kind of laughed it off. And then it was sort of like, well, what if we did that? And... (laughs) And then it turned into, uh, okay, 15 of the girls have actually bought tickets to come out here. And then it was like, all right, well, we have all this stuff we want to do. How do we get that funded? And then it turned into all the girls kind of asking their networks. And lo and behold, the whole weekend, including food and lodging and travel and activities where we went to Extreme Sandbox and drove equipment, like all of it was completely funded. That's amazing. So you started out as a chat group that was going to Con Expo. Did you all go to Con Expo? I'd say I think like 15 of the 18 were okay. there. So a big, a big group of women went to Con Expo. And then you decided, okay, we're going to do this gathering in Minnesota. Yeah, they all came up here. Oh my gosh. Um, and was this, was this planned as kind of a organization retreat? Um, it didn't start that way, but as as we were talking about getting together, it was like, wow, wouldn't it be cool if we got some value out of this weekend? And so, and you know, it's like this this group of women who who really want to do something and do something different. And so, yeah, we put together presentations, and we actually like did them right here in my living room on imposter syndrome, and kind of talked about the struggles that women face in the industry that, that men don't face and, and why it's difficult. And I was actually surprised by some, some of the answers that came out of those brain dumps. Yeah, it was, it was a very special, unique weekend. And from it, it's really blossomed into this fantastic organization that's really about to blow up. Well, I think your marketing genius really shines through, especially when you look at Instagram and you see these photos from that gathering or that retreat. They're dressed in their gear. They're looking powerful. They're walking towards the camera. They're 
you know, you can see them with the equipment. It just looks like the place you want to be. If you're interested in construction and you're interested in non-traditional fields at all, it's like, I have to be there. I have to be with these women. So whatever you did to really capture the vibe and the spirit of that weekend, uh, it worked. Yeah, it was all kind of an accidental, beautiful, wonderful thing. And it's just, I spent my whole day today before I got onto this call on the phone, actually with girls from crew. And I just continually feel humbled that they believe in this vision. And I'm just nonstop excited about what we're doing and how different it is. And so, yeah, I see really great things for us. And for so it's it's a mixed gender organization, which is something different because most of the organizations that promote women in construction and women in, in industry are mainly women only. And I can see that you find value in a woman only group because you get together, you got together that weekend and talked together. But you're saying that ultimately the organization itself has to be inclusive of everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we... We were formed by a group of powerful women, but we're going to be carried forward by the entire industry. And that's how we like to look at it. The men who are supporting this group are really just like the the peers that we've grown up with. You know, like every woman who has found a passion in construction, most of the time they came up with a dad in construction or they had a peer who really push them to do their best, or they had someone who believed in them that said, Hey, yeah, you can do this. Even though you don't see a lot of people out here doing it like you, you can do it your own way. And so I think that even though we want to be pro women, we also want to pay kind of like this respect to the fact that in order for us to get to where we are right now, we had to have a lot of men kind of pushing us up and pushing us forward and saying, you know, if anyone tells you, you can't do this, just don't listen to them. Yeah, I think that's a really common thread among a lot of the women I speak to for the Hazard Girls podcast. They tell me that they got to the point in their career um, where they are because they had that encouragement growing up from a father or from a husband, even as they got older and they got married, they learned about new industries through their husband. And I think that that is something not to be ignored. It's something that we really should embrace and welcome because it brings more women into the fold, no matter how you look at it. Well, where do you see Crew Collab headed? Well, we are actually currently in the stage where we are working on the technicalities, you know, having just incorporated last month and now setting up our board of directors and bylaws and all that stuff. We're going to have our first board meeting at the end of this month, and then we're going to be looking forward to our first retreat the first week in March to kick off uh, Women in Construction Week. Oh, that sounds amazing. I love it. So exciting. And tell us about your welding journey. You're, you're welding now? I'm trying. So ever since I was in high school at 16, I took a welding class. And after that, I just kind of got pushed in other directions because that's what they do, you know, as you're leaving high school. I've always wanted to do welding. And so this is the year of just doing the things I want to do. And so, yep, I'm starting classes. I've been taking online courses. I'm buying my own machine. And I just, I want to learn a trade. I want to do something with my hands. And I just, don't want to ever have my kids look at me and say, did you do everything that you wanted to do with your life and not be able to say yes. So. Tina Mahler, founder of Crew Collaborative and Steel Toe Consulting. Thank you so much for chatting with us on the Hazard Girls podcast today. 
the work you're doing in workforce development is it's so needed. And we're just really looking forward to seeing the positive changes that come about as a result of this effort, which it's really revolutionary. So congratulations. Thank you. You have been listening to the Hazard Girls podcast on Jacket Media, sponsored by Juno Jones, the stylish safety boot company. That's junojonesshoes.com. And you can go there to learn about our steel toe boots and to join the Hazard Girls community. I'm your host, Emily Salaby. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.